Well, good morning, everyone. It's such a delight to be with you. Renee and I have been looking forward to be with you today. Very much so. Um, and many greetings from Redeemer, Maastricht. We come from Maastricht uh, this morning, and uh, we regularly pray for you guys. And uh, so we very much feel part of what is happening here. So regularly we get these pictures or, or prayer requests, and then we'll... We see bits of you where you where started in a house at Rima, I think, Rima and Jens, Jens and, and now see you here, that's wonderful. Hey, we're in the, you're in the book of Galatians, and um, it's, uh, let me start reading it. Am I in front of the thing? I might be a little bit. Um, uh, for today, it's Galatians 5, verse 16 to 21. Paul's. Uh, but it says there, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, uh, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. So he said, well, I'll better stop here. The list is much longer. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Shall we pray? Father, on a subject like this, on uh, a moment like this, Lord, we need so much your help. Uh, we need your help, Lord, in receiving this and understanding it. At the same time, Lord, we need your help to apply it, to bring it to the surface when we need it, Lord. And we just ask you, Lord, will you guide us, lead us, and help me as I'm sharing it, Lord, that it will really change hearts and do something not just for today, but for the seasons to come. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this morning's theme is Walk by the Spirit. And Paul has argued throughout this letter what the essence of the gospel is. So what is the gospel? The gospel is Jesus and nothing else and no one else. Amen. Him dying on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins, that is enough. Enough for our salvation, enough for our redemption. And he fully accepts you as his child. Nothing needs to be added to it. Any additions to the gospel, Paul says, diminishes the gospel, reverses the gospel, and you're back to where you started. And at times we, you might, and I feel at times, that the life of a Christian, living the Christian life, isn't as straightforward. I don't know if you've noticed that. It's not as simple as it is, as it sounds like. And thoughts uh, might come uh, that we, all these things happen and it's not straightforward because we haven't done our best ourselves. We need to step up. God is waiting for us to contribute to this life, uh, trying to find God's favor by doing our best. Um, and Paul argues that's not the case. And in our recent foundation course, Renee and I were teaching on um, 
uh, on being a new creation in Christ and enjoying this wonderful life of God's grace. And one of the questions we talked about uh, in small groups is, the question was this, is there anything you feel at times you need or have to do to get God's, to get God's favor or acceptance in your life? Most of us uh, that evening, if not all of us, will still find this in some area in their lives or have been struggling with this in the past as a Christian. And my personal challenge over the years, uh, over many years, has been the, this urge of having to work hard as a leader. So the busier I was, the fuller my diary was, the more pleased God must have been with me. That was the kind of life I lived. So the more blue ink was on our diaries, and we looked at it, it, the better we were doing. And that's what these false teachers were actually uh, playing into. And, and, and playing into, so yes, you have to work harder. And uh, they were saying basically, God will do his bit if you do your bit. And some people still think it's in the Bible somewhere that God will only help those who will help themselves. It's funny, even Christians think that's still in the Bible. There's nothing wrong with working hard and going full out for the gospel, but only when our motives derive from living the gospel of grace. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15 that he labored more than all of them. He said, but not I, but the grace of God in me. And Paul is coming back to what the Galatians had received right at the beginning. Their start was okay, nothing wrong with what they heard and how they'd responded. But over time, other teachings had come in, other ideas of how to live the life as a believer. And here in this chapter 5, Paul's aim is to cut really deep to get to the root. Not about the nice veneer around being a Christian or changing some of our habits or virtues. It's not just about looking the better person for those around us. Paul says it's not about these things, but it's living a life of total freedom in Jesus Christ. Being a new creation from the root up. New habits becoming a natural response from our hearts. That's what Paul is aiming at. And Paul is now talking about the importance of the Holy Spirit. I heard you already been touching on that last week, was it useful? And in these next few verses, Paul uses the word spirit six times. He says, it's not the law as a guardian over your life, not the law teaching you to keep yourself from wrongdoing or going astray. Paul says, you and I can live this Christian life when we rely fully on the Holy Spirit inside of us. And whether you're not filled with the Holy Spirit or baptized in the Holy Spirit, God wants to lead us. And this morning is not about the topic of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. But the encouragement is here to have our lives guided and directed by the Spirit. And so for the rest of the morning, we will not be on the baptism in the Holy Spirit. But I would love all of us to experience a full life of the Spirit. Desire and thirst and hunger for more of the Spirit is God's desire for us. Please keep 
this in your life until your final breath. More Holy Spirit. I would need more of you. You know, it seems obvious to me that the more our desire and thirst is for the Spirit, the more we will sense His presence. And the more sensitive we get in working the, the Holy Spirit working through us and in us. And in verse 16, Paul says this, But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And he said in verse 18, But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Romans 8.14 says that those that are led by the Spirit are sons of God. We have a guide 24-7 who is alive, who loves us, and desires for you and me to remain free all of our lives. Free from sin and free, free from all kinds of fear. It's the Holy Spirit in each of us. His goodness, well, we saw it already when Sarah was sharing about this, grows like fruit on a tree inside of us. And the Holy Spirit is prodding us to make the right decisions in life and choices. He's a helper, not an observer of how you're doing it. He's involved, making sure that we are doing okay stirring us in the right direction, prompting us to go ahead in God, whispering in our ears, don't go to the left, neither to the right. This is the way. Amen. We follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Well, that sounds like a great way of living, isn't it? But how does it work? How do we get there? And in verse 1 of chapter 5, we are encouraged to stand firm. And in preparing for this time, I was reminded of a book that I read very early in my Christian life by Watchman Nee. Sit, Walk, Stand is the book called. It's very thin. I think you read it in an afternoon, very thin. I was reminded of it because Watchman Nee says this, before you walk, you sit. You are confident of your new position in Christ Jesus. You sit. Whatever you and I do has to come from a place of rest and peace and knowing that Jesus has done it for us. Watchman he says this, sitting describes our position with Christ in the heavenlies. Walking is the practical outworking of that heavenly position here on earth. And here in Galatians, Paul says, before we walk, we need to stand firm. Hold the position you have in Christ, whatever doctrines come your way. However trying your circumstances are, Jesus gained the ground that you stand up, stand on. It is for us to hold on to that piece of ground. Ephesians 6 says about the spiritual armor that the importance after having done all of this, Paul says, now stand. Stand firm. And this standing firm has to do with your faith and my faith. Our trust in God. Hebrews 11, we know that verse 1. Now faith then is the certainty of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Faith gives you a firm routine, a firm grip 
on the challenging moments that you face in life. The inner strength and resilience to go forward. Maybe at times you feel stress or tension or pressure. But in God and by the Holy Spirit, you spring back to life. It's not just about perseverance in our lives. It's having the resilience like elasticity. You bounce back with the Holy Spirit. You don't go backwards. You bounce back and move forwards. And this standing firm, I believe particularly here in Galatians, has to do with us applying that wonderful gospel that we know deep within us. It's all about Jesus and not about our performance of how well we do. I might not feel Jesus or have a clear view about my future, but I do believe in his sovereignty. I believe that I'm never out of his sight. Can I say this to you? You are never out of his sight. You're never away from his love. Whatever you feel or not feel, he is there. And Paul in this this part of his letter isn't sharing, isn't talking and using words like battle or war or fight. But he says this, there are two opposites at work in each of us. Also in Christians, two opposites. One is the flesh and one is the spirit. And Paul says this, don't try to fight it. Don't try to fight it. I read someone describing this inner tension as this. Inside me, he says, let me explain this, there are two dogs. One is mean and evil, and the other is good. At times they fight each other. When asked which one wins, I answer, the one I feed the most. We're not talking about two natures inside of you. So don't see that as, you know, I'm, you know like I'm, I'm a psychotic or whatever. <laughs> but what Paul is saying, there isn't something wrong with you when you face tension in your life. It's a good thing to feel tension. If you are filled with the Spirit, there is tension in your life. Why? Because the flesh will fight it. It's much worse if you never feel the tension as a Christian. The sign of having the Spirit of God live inside of us is that you, not that you will never have a bad or wrong desire, but you are at war with those desires. When we become a new creation in Jesus Christ, the old has gone and the new has come. We are no longer sinners, but we are saints who are still capable of sinning. That's a different one. Our hearts of stone, what the Bible says, have become hearts of flesh. We can imitate and be intimate with Father God. But the one thing that hasn't changed is that tension of making daily choices between the flesh and the spirit. Being in this world, but not of this world of overcoming temptations and dealing with accusations. Paul says this, it is possible as a Christian to make bad choices. It's not what we fight, it is what we feed. 
outcome of the question of who will win, flesh or spirit, is on which one are you feeding your life? Which one are you yielding towards? Which one are you waking up to in the morning? Both the flesh and the spirit have different appetites. And these different appetites create that conflict of feelings that are opposite of one another. Now let me illustrate that a bit from Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark. When it had stopped raining after the flood. When Noah released the raven, I, I hope you know the story, the flood had gone, uh, had come, and the ark was, uh, you know, on, on the top of that, everything was flooded, done. And so, by some time, after some time, he sent out a raven, and the raven nev never came back, because it found plenty to feed from. Why? Because raven eat anything. When he sent out the dove, a clean animal, it did come back. Noah and his family waited a bit more. And then he sent out the dove for the second time. And now it came back with an olive branch. Well, that is our new nature. With the help of the Spirit, we are looking for something that is clean to feed ourselves from. To make a daily, deliberate choice, each day and every day, like the dove. It might not be as easy and straightforward, and it might take a bit more time, but we need to feed our spiritual lives with the good stuff, with the clean stuff, what is of God. It might take a bit longer, but wait for the good things. Don't just fill stuff up in your life. Walking with God is also about timing. The second time with the dove was the right time. Some time ago I read about the story of Elijah. You remember there's a drought and Elijah prophesied about it and then he, he, he was in the drought himself. And then God led him to this book, the Chris. And after some time that brook dried up as well. The thing is this, he didn't move. He saw the brook dry up, but he didn't move. If it was me, I would have probably run. I think there's no more here to do. But he waited. Why? Because he wanted God to speak again. It took more time. And it came as he waited, not by being very nervous or anxious. Because he did this. He trusted the God who led him into the situation to also lead him away from the situation. And for Noah and his family here, it was when the dove came back with the olive branch in his beak. That's a sign of fruitfulness. To walk by the Spirit will at times be for you and me to wait on God. Walking is just not activity. It might be nothing but God and waiting for Him. We would rather wait like Noah and his family to know that the prompting I have is of the Spirit and not me trying to desire to have it. They took the lead from this dove. And I was reminded about Jesus just before he started his ministry uh, and, and preaching the kingdom. 
He was standing there in the River Jordan. He was baptized, and the Spirit descended on him like a dove. He needed the help of the Holy Spirit. And you and I desperately need the help of the Holy Spirit. Verse 17, it says, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Paul says you need the Spirit to keep the flesh away from your life. Just willing it or having good intentions is not enough. Paul isn't saying that you cannot have victory over the flesh, but you cannot do it in your strength, in your own strength and by your own will. You need to redirect your will. So in other words, Paul is saying, don't throw off your responsibility as a Christian to look at your own life and make some good choices in your life. I'll pray about it isn't the best of responses. Or waiting for God to remove the flesh away from your life isn't a good response either. Paul says, don't give in. Don't give way to the flesh. Verse 24, it says that we need to crucify the flesh. You need to kill it. You need to kill it. So how do you do that? By surrendering to the will and the direction of the Holy Spirit inside of you. In being a new creation, being justified by our faith in Jesus Christ, you and I are able to serve God. And the word fleshy is the word socks. It's best translated as sinful desire. Not so much sexual desire, but an over-desire. Something you want above everything else. You want it more than anything else. And it might be something good you want. It might be something great you want, but you want it too much. It's your desire. It's what you want. And it overrides any other desires that God might have for you because you want this thing. It's controlling your mind. And the whole list in chapter 5, he says, and things like these. The list goes on. I think Paul would have probably, I don't know, taken a bit more time for him. It might be your desire. It might be a good desire. Maybe desire for comfort in your life. Or desire for a partner. Or a job. Or the need to be loved. Or someone to affirm you what you do. Or enough money. Whatever the desire is, if it overrides anything that the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life, it becomes flesh. It's something you want. All of these things in themselves, of themselves, are great. But let those things not take priority in your life. Come back to what God wants for you. Ask Him. Walk by the Spirit, it says, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. In other words, you will not show kindness to the flesh. You will not make it bear fruit. And there's a description of how this process of sin works in our lives. In James 1, verse 14, it says this. Each person 
is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's fully grown, brings forth death. Paul saying it's a process, and you can stop that process at any time as a Christian, at any moment, early on, so you don't end up sinning. You can stop it early. How do you feed your thought life? And for a Christian, this is true, and this is the truth. In walking by the Spirit, those bad desires have no chance to ever come to maturity. You, as it were in English, you said, nip it in the bud. God gives you desires, and God's desires crowd out in your mind the bad desires. If you feed from the Spirit, you'll crowd out, crowd out all the rest. Verse 18, it says, If you're led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. So what the law requires is what the Spirit produces. You will not gratify the desires of the flesh. It doesn't say, and do not. It's not a command. It's not a demand. It actually says, and you will not. It is a promise. It is God's promise. Don't have to work at it. He promises you, if you are desiring to walk with the Spirit, wrong desires will be overcome. It's not a lifelong being slave to anything. You're no longer a slave. But by the Spirit you are free. Now keep walking that way, Paul says. It isn't what we fight, it's what we feed ourselves with. The main point of this section is not war. The main point of this section is victory by the Spirit. Walk by the Spirit. Not everyone can run. There might be some of you who are great runners, but I found not everyone can run. I don't like running. <laughs> I've never liked it very much. I love playing soccer and all that. Running was not my favorite. Walking, we do quite regularly. And I found many people, if you're healthy, a little bit healthy, you can walk. The little ones can walk to the older ones. Every one of us can walk. Walking can be done. Walking by the Spirit can be done. Erne and I try to get out every day for about an hour walking. And I'm good most of the times. I'm good most of the times. But after certain times, I'm not really desiring to go out. When I've eaten a good meal and had a busy day, I like to recline. <laughs> but Erne doesn't like the Spirit. She's like the Holy Spirit. I've never said that to you, darling, but you like the Holy Spirit. <laughs> She encouraged me at those times when I like to recline. She said, no, no, it's good for you. Get on your feet. Let's walk. <laughs> and then I'll get out and walk. And when I'm walking, I think, yeah, this is great. But when I'm in the chair there, I think it's not so great. I'd love to just do this. Walking by the Spirit. We walk as saints before God. We walk by the Spirit in His work of sanctification in our lives. It's a wonderful process of learning to depend on Him. 
to yield to the Spirit's leadership with our lives. And you are, and I are not passive in this. We are ready. We want to join. And we make this daily choice to walk by the Spirit. Even if you pray this one prayer, pray this prayer, Holy Spirit, and you get up in the morning, Holy Spirit, teach me how to walk with you today. And He will. So we're coming to this very important question. I'm finished with this. How do we do this walking in the Spirit and practical work? How does this look like in everyday life? Well, you walk by the Spirit when your heart is at rest and it's comfortable with all the promises of God. God has spoken truth over your life. And when you read your, His Word, He promises you more. Our lives aren't lived by trying, but by trusting. Feeding ourselves with the promises of God. In reading his word, let your thoughts dwell until your heart is happy in God. To trust God. To have faith. Walking by the Spirit is not by us trying to, be, to, do, a, to do more but to worship Jesus and to adore. It's about us worshiping God, seeing the beauty of Jesus and glorifying Him. We take our daily lead from the love of God for us. Put your soul at rest in Him. And what helps me personally, and it might be different for you, and I think if we would allow every one of you to share we'll probably get a, a fuller picture and a richer picture Jesus is just my life and it works for me and you might find out other things that work better for you or other. I'm just trying to help a little bit for me it means that I pray prayers that are directly to the Holy Spirit in my life so I pray to Jesus I pray prayers to Jesus and to the Father but there are times I pray directly to the Holy Spirit I I regularly ask him to breathe on me to take his breath I literally uh, what I do is I, I just ask the Holy Spirit will you breathe on me let your breath come in me Lord Lord I just need you Holy Spirit let your breath touch me touch my eyes that I might see the works of the Father touch my ears that I might hear this, and be sensitive to your voice touch my lips that I will speak truth in love. Lord, touch my hands that I may lay hands on the sick and they'll be well. Let these hands work for good, Lord. Touch my feet that I walk in your ways. I breathe, I breathe in, Lord. I breathe in, Lord. That's what I do. And I find the Holy Spirit touching me time after time again. To have a growing awareness that our lives are lived with the Holy Spirit's presence. And what helps me much is speaking in tongues helps me much with that as well and these regular silent prayers to ask his help and to make me more sensitive to the promptings of God these things help me in walking by the spirit so let me finish with this saying this dear redeemer stand firm in God never give your position in Jesus Christ away. He knows your life. He oversees your life. 
and he's in control of your life. Trust him fully. Even if you don't know what the future has in store for you, it is his future for you and you're okay and safe. Feed yourself with truth of the word and with the promises of God over you. Stay sensitive and open for the timings of God. You better wait and get the good stuff than act too quickly and do something just out of your flesh or by yourself. And for some of you, this season might be a time of waiting. It's a season and it will end. Something else will come. Many years ago in A&I, where in a season, everything was gone. We had no church, we had no job, we had no income, we had nothing. And then one older guy came to us and said, enjoy it. I said, what, enjoy it? He said, no, I, I'm serious, enjoy it, you remember? He said, enjoy, he sat us down and said, now you have time, enjoy your time. Because there will come another season, you'll be very busy, and you will just thought, oh, I wish I'd used that time better. He said, use your time, play golf, do things that you really like. And he was right. And we used that time, and it was such great advice, because it was a season, but just for that moment. And God used it to prepare us for something else. And you might sit in the season and think, there's not a much here, but God is in control, and he'll lead, lead you. And notice that no wrong desire will be able to land in your life if you keep walking by the Spirit. It's not you shouldn't do it, but you will not. It's a promise. It will never happen if you crowd out the flesh by filling your life with worship and prayer and asking more of the Spirit of God. Amen. Can I pray for us? Is that okay? And I'd love you if I pray, if you, uh, I don't know how you normally do it, but we could pray for one another, uh, or for, for you to uh, comfort, I, I, I trust you're leading on this as well, uh, Phil Sal, but um, so uh, I'll pray. But there might be something that speaks to you. I think, I need a bit of help to actually get through this. <coughs> you might have me heard saying, stand firm. But I think, well, I don't know what it is to stand firm. I feel very weak. I don't know how to stand. I'll keep a stand and hold of this. And you might think, I need prayer on this. I'd love to pray for you. We'd love to pray for you. And maybe you say, well, to not give your position away, I've lost a bit of position in God. I just need to find my way back in this. And we'd love to help you, wherever you are. And if you don't know Jesus, and uh, you prayed, maybe the prayer that Phil uh, shared earlier on, if that's you, and you feel that I prayed, I want Jesus in my life, we'd love to pray for you too. So let me just pray, and then we'll, uh, we'll be able to pray for one another. <coughs> Holy Spirit, we thank you so much for being amongst us today. So much already been shared and happening, Lord, and as we worship, Lord, we, we sense your, your presence too, and we ask you, Holy Spirit, will you lead us? Not only today, Lord, that, but that for all of us, we will have a life that is hallmarked by us walking by the Spirit. Not by ourselves, Lord, but that we're able to wait at times and and allow you, Lord, to speak before we do anything, Lord. 
I pray, Lord, that we'll be more sensitive than ever to listen to the promptings of you, Lord, in our lives. I pray, Lord, for us to be able to stand firm, Lord, and to, to know what it is to walk with you. Lord, I ask you, Holy Spirit, will you come? Lord, I, I pray, will you find amongst us thirsty, hungry hearts for more of you? Lord, will you touch our lives? Wherever we are, Lord, whatever we need, Lord, will you provide? Lord, right now we ask you, will you come minister to us, Lord, as we are seeking you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you, Holy Spirit, for being our guide, for being our comforter and helper. We need your help, Lord, more than ever. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <coughs>